0: Breaking the cycle to step forward, authentic conversations from lived experience and a professional perspective in overcoming abuse with Chris Tuck and Beverly Ann.
1: Hello and welcome to Breaking the Cycle to Step Forward podcast,
0: episode 26. I'm Beverly Ann and I'm Chris Tuck and we're also joined in the room with Ruby, so please... um... (laughs) Ignore any other noises that you might hear. Um, and today's
1: subject is about intimacy and sex. So we wanted to go through this and discuss quite a, a challenging conversation for some people, but it's also to raise, uh, awareness, and also alleviate some of the guilt that survivors often and victims often feel. So Chris, um. I'm
0: prepared to start this one. Yeah, please do because I find this quite a challenging subject, but I'm willing to take part because it's important.
1: Yes, and it's challenging for both of us in different ways. So, whilst we want to share from lived experience, which we will, we're also mindful that we have partners, etc. So, anyone listening to this, please don't think that it's going to get too in depth, but it will. Be educational as well. Yeah. So I'm going to start off with when I was 14, 15, I was in a children's home and I came home one day with a love bite on my neck. I was really proud I was actually in a children's home, that signifies that somebody loves me.
0: I think also when we were teenagers, having a, what did we used to call them, hookies? Oh, no, I called them, oh, hickey. A hickey, a love bite on your neck was a sign of. Oh, someone loves me. Yeah. Game of street creds. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I didn't hide it. I flounced in. <laughs> and there it was. And Auntie Helen, who was the, um, the, the the matron of the children's home, she took me aside and sat, sat me down and said, do you understand the difference between making love and sex? Did you? No, but I was quite horrified that she was talking to me about something that was quite (laughs) uncomfortable but on the other hand settled down because she was speaking to me not in a condescending way she was asking me a question so I said no please explain and she said well sex is an act between two adults and making love is when it's More intimate, and it's between two adults that are in love and have built a relationship. Okay. And then she went on to explain that love bites are often given by adults to each other in the height of passion, of which I was horrified. And I said, I got this at the bus stop because I didn't (laughs) want to to think that I was. But what was most important was what she'd said. It was the act between two adults consenting absolutely Two consenting adults and for this conversation that means anybody over the age of 18 that also means that anybody over the age of 18 who is consenting because they have the wherewithal as well so that's whether it due to be to um they have the mental capacity or they are sober yeah um, and we need to make that clear There's no blurring of the lines there. This is when we come to intimacy because there's a misunderstanding sometimes about sexual abuse and sexual violence. Okay. And for me, first of all, intimacy is when you're building an intimate relationship with someone that isn't necessarily involving full and I will say penetrative sex but Consensually, you're allowing them to come into your boundary on your body. Yeah. Okay. Now, when it happens as a child, when an adult is being over intimate, that is not sexual. That is sexual abuse, and it's not consensual. Not consensual. That's the yeah. I'm done. Yeah. It. Yeah. So this is where we're starting to get there, and I'm saying this carefully and slowly because i know that this is a very challenging conversation and it's something that we do need to get out there
0: and raise awareness of and i also think beverly that um we know that it should be consenting adults however we know that when children go through puberty then um we all become more sexually um aware, Mm -hmm. we may be um, investigating our own bodies, we may be having those teenage relationships. Some people I know have had sex well before they were 16. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, I'm not here to judge or condone or whatever, but it remains important that as long as it's the same sort of age, and it's still consensual. There's no misuse of power, no misuse of control, no misuse of anything. So that person, both of those people are coming together because they both want to, and that's important. That is often looked at as the gray area because you're underage, but it's almost looked upon as acceptable Um, So if I, for example, was 15 and I went to my mum and dad, this is just a scenario, went to my mum and dad and said, oh, I'm having sex, intimate relationships with my 15 year old boyfriend. um, And they took umbrage at that. And then they wanted to report that to the police. The police would often look at that as what it is. Yeah, Yeah. it's not a um, misuse of power and control by any one of the parties. It's two teenagers consenting in together within that boundary. So even though it's not legal, it's not what's called, classed as inappropriate unless there is a misuse of power and control. Yes, because
1: there is another part of this as yeah. well, and we're not going to go into it too much, but we we can't run from it. Yeah, and that is sibling abuse. Yes abuse by other children to some children so
0: peer-to-peer abuse which is
1: abuse on the increase guys absolutely um and that does happen so there's sexualizing acts being done through bullying yeah as well you know that is abuse yeah bullying is abuse so we just want to lay that background for everyone yeah and to you know get some more clarity here in a um podcast that we're looking to raise awareness and not trigger people yeah
0: yeah but we just wanted to sort of like share really that we can't ignore this normal growing up and this normal consensual behavior between peers because there are lots of people that do do that I did it when I was a teenager Um, and that's why I often get confused with some of my emotions and my feelings because there was The consensual bit in me that wanted to be loved and love in a sexual way because it was consenting. But then there was also these ghosts from my past where there was these adults that had power and control over me and sexually abused me. And that's where a lot of my um, feelings around shame and guilt came into my actual consensual sexual relationships yes and made me feel yuck yeah uh, uh, there's no, no other way of no explaining it
1: and I even at a young age didn't want to be in the place that I was with my dad but when his friend abused me that wasn't so bad and then that made me feel guilty because it wasn't my dad so it seemed more normal does that make sense it does now you've just explained it like yes. that yeah. But that's where the guilt came from then. Did I, did, I, mean, I was only eight when it started, but did that mean I caused it? I wanted it? And I didn't, I was a child. But can you see where the feelings come from? And I'm not going to go into too much detail because I'm very aware of my own self care as well. But that's when I realised when Auntie Helen had sat down with me, I then suddenly a switch was turned on. I realized what had been going on and for years. And that's when the judgment came in. You know, there was shock, disbelief, but also what was ironic was that was of an age when we were starting, you know, as I said, I, yeah. I got that love fight. And yet I hadn't connected the two things. No. One was a normal. Yeah. Growing up. Growing up. And then the other thing was so heinous. That's the only yeah. other word to say. My way of um, responding to it was to disassociate. That's how I survived. What, pretend it didn't happen? Yeah, and even during the act, I, I wasn't feeling. I, you know, I was there. I was not feeling. I was shunting off. Yeah. And that's where, when you come through abuse, for some people, whatever your coping mechanism mechanism is, you can continue that what do you mean so for instance I would shut off automatically as I was living through my adult life shall I say establishing my relationship yeah I now see that what I thought was a loving um situation yes I was you know I became a mum but I can also see how you know there were some intimacy things yeah that i was unable to participate now intimacy to me is even when you're just hugging yeah because if you're hugging someone and you want to that is intimate when someone puts their arm around you and you don't want them to wow
0: yeah. you feel so how that
1: complete different completely feeling different. also kissing yeah you know At one time, that was something I've really struggled with, really struggled with. And then it's only through coming through recovery that I was able to understand. And this isn't the place, and I'm not going to go into it, but what I'm going to say as a woman, there were things that was very, very difficult. And so if you're a woman who's experiencing, um, and I will say woman here because we're talking about the vaginal parts here, pain cramps yeah during tightness yeah like uncomfortable tightness yeah during making love you know what you are so normal yeah you oh, don't know that no no you're right we don't know that yeah yeah you know um the number of times I had cystitis afterwards yeah discomfort you know that
0: is normal mm. so we just want to share that and for me um as I said, I found this a really hard topic to discuss. um, And I've been working on it with my counselor in the last couple of months. And I felt ready to have this conversation Mm. with you today because we have talked about doing it before, but we've put it off, haven't we? Um, Is the fact that I literally took part in sex in the end, just to get pregnant, to have my children. Mm um in the beginning of my relationship it was really loving and consensual and we did everything you know that normal mm. couples would do and um i did enjoy it at the time but afterwards i would feel dirty disgusting i would feel like just not nice about mm. myself i felt shame and guilt and all the rest of it and even mentioning the word sex would bring me out into it like I'm doing it now um would make me feel really uncomfortable and it was only after speaking to the counsellor and that that it's just like no that's normal what's tainted it what's tainted the normality is the feelings that you've got from those adults in your life that um took advantage of you being a child, took advantage of you being vulnerable, took advantage of the situation and took from you what you didn't and wasn't able to consent to. So it's the power and the control play. And some of my abuse, I'm not going to speak about, but one part was literally one perpetrator just touching my breast. Mm. And when some professionals fed back to me, where it was touch over clothing. I went ballistic because that touch over clothing was more impactful to me than some of the touching that had gone on. Mm. Because this particular person had complete pound control over my mum, had done heinous things I'm gonna nick your word to other people and the fact that he did it to me in front of my loved one my boyfriend he was sending out a clear message and that I was 15 I felt so violated that act meant more to me than any of the other stuff that I'd gone through which doesn't make sense but it did to me so when these professionals went, oh, well, you know, it was just touch over clothing, I went, you haven't got an effing clue. And this is where it's the
1: intimacy. It's overstepping the boundaries. It's not consensual. And that's something that I very much understand. Um, I will say, and this is something I've said many a time, I actually understand how um, sex workers can operate yes because that's sex without intimacy yeah and it's a choice and nobody leaves school and says I want to be a sex worker but that's their choice and I really really you know have no no I Judgement. hold no judgment there but when you have somebody a grown-up and your child and they're being intimate with you even over I mean I don't like it when adults continue to children when the children are saying stop yeah that's me stop right now so what we find as adults as we're getting older is a part of being intimate intimate making love is foreplay mm-hmm. but that's the bit that's really challenging because you're allowing yourself to relax you're allowing yourself to let go but that's the bit that I used to find extremely yeah. triggering. And now, in my late 50s, done a lot of work. Um, and yes, um, it's something that, you know, I have a lovely relationship, lovely intimate sexual relationship, and I'm proud of that. However, it is something that we've had to be very clear with boundaries. Yeah. And... And even today at 58, after all those many years ago, I have to be very aware of timings, you know, different times of the year. If I'm in a kitchen and I'm focusing on something, don't come in and try and 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 cuddle you. Cuddle me. Because that, that will trigger me. Yeah. Because that's not the right time. Because yeah.
0: somebody's overstepped that boundary when I was a child. Yeah. Yeah. What I also wanted to bring up in this conversation was the fact that some victim survivors have said that when they were being abused, their body responded in a, in a way that made them feel like their body was letting them down. So, sorry, um, the body will automatically respond to stimulation. That's just what it does we're all bred that way and that's why it's a natural response there's a lot of people that think that boys can't
1: be abused well actually that's not true because they won't respond
0: naturally yeah and same with girls you know boys yeah. and girls children they will respond in a sexual way because that's what the body is there to do yeah sex in a consent relationship should be joyful it's It's normal, it's natural. And it's
1: beautiful when it's right. When
0: it's right, okay? But when victim survivors have spoken to us, they've shared that because their body responded, they then felt responsible. They felt that they were contributing to the abuse of themselves, which is not true. Yeah, it's not true. Your bodily response is a natural normal response so if you feel that that is you please do not blame yourself you didn't want this yeah people the perpetrators took advantage of you they had power and control over you your bodily response was normal and natural and we just need to keep pointing that absolutely
1: and i don't mind sharing when when i was going through counselling at one time that one of the things I struggled with was um, out of both of my parents, my abuser was my dad, and yet he was the most loving out of both parents. Right. So I also my um, my dad uh, we we had no food and, and but neglect there was extreme neglect, but my mum and dad every day had eggs on toast. We didn't as children, but I had to cook them for my parents. But my dad would sometimes say one egg only today and I'd make two because I would know that he would share it out. Right, He'd share it out to me, my sister, my brother, etc. And we'd take turns in it. And so where it confused me was, and I remember saying it to my counselor, to the outside world, my dad looked like he was the most loving parent mm-hmm. out of both of them. And even for years, I would say it was my dad that was the loving parent. But actually, there was a cost to that as mm-hmm. well. And there was a cost to make sure that he still got his eggs every day so that myself, my brothers my and sisters, could get some, some food in the morning. And I said, I just accepted it. And for years, I felt guilty because I felt I was complicit. Yeah, And it was only then when we did the work, looking at another child, so I'm sharing that because it is challenging. It's challenging to listen to,
0: and we're not going to lie. No, this podcast is it's challenging. Not easy. <laughs> mm, to be so open and frank about our own stuff, yeah, is hard. Yeah, if we was in a, if we were in a group of survivors
1: only, mm-hmm. that's different for me personally. I wouldn't have, but this is generic, so. But those of you who are not survivors, again, I am going to say thank you for listening. Yeah, because this takes an an, inordinate amount of courage to listen to this, to be aware, to raise awareness, and also to be aware for other children of today. For those of you listening who are victims and survivors, well, what can I say? You are amazing in your courage to be even listening to this
0: today. But we also just want to draw attention to the fact that if you are having issues in your relationship your sexual relationship Mm. this could be why some of you might not even actually understand or acknowledge that your past could be impacting you in this area in this way yeah so there's that yeah
1: and how do you go forward yeah
0: how do you get the help you need yeah well for me
1: um I won't lie after my first marriage. Um, I did actually go to somewhere thinking there was something wrong with me. I thought,
0: yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's normal. <laughs> but I had a lovely nurse and I had to check up and I had a lovely, lovely nurse. And once she asked me questions, I was able to give the answers. And she said, no, actually, I think you need to read a few books. First of all, do some more exploration. Yeah. Um, But also it taught me with more counseling to be honest about my boundaries. So I went the other way for a while. But like with my husband now, you know, I don't want him to know absolutely everything. You know, I don't. I don't want him to see me. um, I don't want to see that image. However, there are times I do need to be able to say things because if I'm saying no in a way or jumping because he goes to put his arms around me. I don't want him to think he's done something wrong. wrong. Yeah. And that obviously comes up. That's all part of that yeah. communication. Yeah. But what's beautiful, and I will say beautiful, is the fact that there are times when I've been able to be the woman I want to be within a normal adult consenting
0: relationship. And it's amazing. Mm. And I think to add to that, I was watching Emma Kenny. Um, on YouTube the other day and um, one of her cases was looking at um, unfortunately this lovely lady being murdered by her then boyfriend um, where it was described as sex had gone wrong Um, they both in a consensual relationship um, liked rough sex okay okay? but it's consenting apparently Um, and Emma was explaining that if that is your boundary as a couple and you keep within that and you stick to that and it's both consenting, that's absolutely fine. What you get up to it is your business. But when it's not consensual, then um, you need to be able to speak up. And if you can't, that's not the right relationship for you. And if absolutely. you feel you're being abused, if you feel like as an adult, if you feel like you're being um, abused, used, um, sexually violated against, leave the relationship with help go to the police and report it if it's rape or anything else that is going on um but also um putting boundaries in place whatever relationship you're in once you're old enough consenting um and if you're underage then anything that goes on between an adult and an underage minor whether it be a child adolescent um is a crime yeah. It's that simple, yeah. Again, as we said, there is what we call this sort of like grey area where it will be consenting teenage making out, yeah. um But then we have to be mindful about peer on peer and sibling sexual abuse that is not consenting. So there's lots to this, and we have to make it really clear where does it sit, and it is a case by case basis. That's, but it comes back to when
1: we talked about boundaries in um our podcast before so go back to the boundary podcast because this is about boundaries what is right for you yeah as an adult as an adult if it's not right for you it's not right and i've finished relationships before because i was unable to say i didn't want to yeah but i was put in that dip chat and so bye yeah gone that yeah. you know they didn't do anything they didn't do anything but it wasn't right but yeah 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 yeah,
0: yeah. It was just going in a different direction yeah, to what and I was like no, with. No. Yeah. End of. But I just want to say, you know, some victim and survivors, they think and they've said that sex to them is love. But once they've experienced love, that they then know that those previous relationships were just sex, but they were confusing it because of the abuse they'd gone through some survivors, victim survivors, are celibate, some are, use sex as a way of getting through life, you know, but again, there's no judgment, but it's, if it's unhealthy for you, if it's impactful to you, that's when you need to go and get help, if you're okay with whatever it is that's going on in your life, and I mean truly okay, then you carry on, Yeah this
1: is not a lecture, this is, no. this is to open the conversation to say, you know,
0: what is consensual and what isn't. Yeah, and I think some of the um, things that Emma Kenny was sharing from her point of view in this case that she was looking at is that if someone is um, consumed by alcohol, they're not consenting, yeah, so even if you think they are, they're not not.
1: not.
0: (laughs) all right um so and we was also saying like um you know we've we've both got boys haven't we Mm. as well that boys nowadays have to be i mean girls all people have to take care of themselves but boys have to be so careful to make sure that any potential girl that they are going to get with is of age and is consenting Mm. and even if it's a homosexual relationship or even a one-off it has to be are you of age are you both consenting because it can turn like that for any one of you so just be aware yeah and just make sure you're both on the same song sheet so to speak before you get into that relationship before you get intimate speak about boundaries yeah. speak about what you both like don't like you know as the relationship builds and I'm gonna I'm gonna end on a lighter note go on then right so <laughs> when,
1: when I first met my current husband so I say current because <laughs> we've only got married this year so I'm still getting used to saying that on our third date, we went out and we were walking along the beach of a night time and he said I need to just have a conversation with you because we were coming nearer to the yeah, the moment, and it was dark, and he was saying about you know different boundaries in a sexual relationship, and I was mortified.
0: <laughs> I was like,
1: "Oh my god, I can't believe he's saying this." But on the other hand, that's when I've truly found love with him. Yeah, because he Be- was taking into account yes how you're feeling, and we was outside. we were walking hands, holding hands. It was dark, so he couldn't see my face going red. Um. But he also wanted, he asked me, yeah, what was my, in a place where, you know, I felt completely comfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my toes were curling. (laughs) (laughs) But that made such a difference. Yeah, it made such a difference. So I just want, I just want to share that with people because it doesn't matter how things have been. If you're in a relationship and you want to stay with someone, but you're not happy with something sexually, it's okay to say yeah because i also remember being in a relationship and saying to the counselor i i can't tell them i don't want to right it wasn't that they were doing anything wrong yeah i didn't feel that i could and i look yeah. back i was fighting to lose in a relationship can you believe that
0: no no it's normal i know, I know. That's <laughs> happens so often i know i know so many women of our age mm. in our 50s don't particularly want to be sexually active anymore but they do it to keep the other person happy um and also just to just to keep everything calm and you know okay no No.
1: i know no i know but we learn so that's why we share why we do this podcast yeah we're honest we're authentic raw uncut authentic (laughs) from a lived experience and professional perspective so you've got it there
0: yeah so but I think we need to make sure that everybody knows there is a difference between consenting sex and sexual abuse sexual violence and one thing I also wanted to just bring up um I had a victim survivor share with me many years ago that their abuser was a grandfather and the grandfather um she loved the grandfather he loved her there was genuine love there but he also did abuse her so she couldn't get it out of her head that it was all okay and that's okay as well you can feel that way is it right go to your counsellor. speak to your counsellor about that we're not here to pass judgment one way or another what wasn't right is the abuse that happened and he is He's the one in the wrong exact boundary? Yeah. And, stop. and I've heard that story quite a lot yeah. where actually the victim survivor loves the person that abused and that's, them that's, and they find it really hard to unpick yeah. the love that they have and the abuse that occurred. Yeah. And that's what I was saying earlier. If you looked
1: at my parents, you'd think my dad was the most loving one. Yeah. And that's the one we got
0: the love from. Right yeah so So very complex complex area and all impacted differently and all need to unpick it with a professional if it's impacting you and if it's impacting your relationships it's important I think that you know that you can go and do that work yeah when you're ready yeah right well that's goodbye from us yeah definitely anything you want to say last thing um not to be afraid about speaking about this area because if you don't it can ruin many a relationship yeah yeah many a good relationship but
1: most importantly and I'm going to have the final word here (laughs) most importantly the relationship that's most important is your relationship with self okay so if it doesn't feel right it's not right for you okay for you
0: yeah all right then so it's bye from me and it's bye from me (laughs) all right guys see you soon Bye bye for now